It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, brothers and sisters, and again, we want to say thank you for tuning in, watching, and listening to another edition of the Bible Class Two-Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET Radio. Now, we talked about it um, when we first came on about the Holy Feast Day of the Lord, right? And so we are going to pick up where we left off with that. Go get your Bibles. Go get your Bibles, your Bibles, your Bibles. And let me send a few texts out for people to hop on. Okay. All right, I got it in. Let's see. I hope everybody's night is well. All right, let's see who we have, Denise Moore. Okay, brothers and sisters, I think we're ready. I can't I can't hold you guys any more longer than I have held you all. So let's go ahead and get ready to read off the what we believe. My work schedule has changed somewhat a little bit and it caused me to run a little bit late for the show. We may have to push it back to 730. So Thank you, YouTube, for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. So we're going to go ahead and get right into our lesson. We'll read off the what we believe a little bit later since we are getting a late start. So let's talk about it, brothers and sisters. The church got it wrong. We don't go to live with the Father. The Father comes down to live with us. Again, we don't go to live with the Father. The Father comes to live with us. Now, there are many theories on the coming of Jesus, but rarely do we hear any theories about the coming of the Father. I'm going to say that again. There are many theories about the coming of Jesus, but rarely do we hear theories about the coming of the father well we're going to take a close look at the coming of the father we're dealing with the lord's feast day the eighth day tonight's lesson is the church got it wrong we're not going up there to be with the father 
The Father is coming down here to be with us. And this is what we call the real Father's Day. Now, the whole ministry of Jesus was to get you acquainted with his Father. For the three and a half years that he spoke, that he taught, that he preached, he preached and he taught about the coming of the kingdom of God. I'll say that again. The gospel of Jesus Christ was the preaching of the coming of the kingdom of God. In this lesson, we're going to take a look at that and a look at who comes with the kingdom of God. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus always pointed to one who was greater than himself. Let's begin our journey, brothers and sisters to know the one who Jesus pointed us to that would be coming to be with us. Matthew 6 and 5 through 11. Matthew 6. And remember I said pull out those Bibles, right? Because I don't want you to say, well, that brother Black Ice was saying this. No, I want you to say he was reading this. Matthew the 6th chapter, verses 5 through 11. And it reads, and when you pray, you should not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but you, when you pray, enter into the closet. And when you have shut the door, pray to the father, which is in secret and your father, which see you in secret shall reward you openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not therefore like unto them, for your father know of what things you have need of before you even ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, the question that I have to ask you, brothers and sisters, is we have heard this Lord's Prayer. We have read this Lord's Prayer. But why is it that when we get to when Jesus said, your kingdom come, we just look over that. We take that not even into consideration that if the house of the Lord is coming down here to be with men. Then wouldn't the occupant of the house also come down to be with it? Yeah, I know what you're saying, Brother Black Eyes. This is a stretch. I ain't never heard this before. I've been in church my whole life. They don't teach this in church. My mama ain't never said this to me. Everything that they ever said to me was we're going to go up a yonder. To be with the Lord. 
but the church got it wrong. We don't go up there to be with the Father. The Father is coming down here to be with us. I just want you to marinate on that for a minute, brothers and sisters. I just want you to marinate on that because <laughs> these are things that we got to analyze and that we have to look at. And, you know, at one point in time, we have to grow. We have to grow in knowledge. We have to grow in maturity. And we have to, at some point, begin to question what was passed down to us. And I'm here to declare before you and before the whole world that the church got it wrong. We don't go up there to be with the Father. The Father comes down here to be with us. So let's go ahead and continue reading. Turn your So again, let's go ahead and go to the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. In the seventh month of the year, the Lord has a total of four feast days. The Day of Atonement, the Memorial of the Blowing the Trumpets, which the Memorial of the Blowing the Trumpets, then the Day of Atonement, and then, uh, I'm sorry, um, yeah, the Memorial of the Blowing the Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and then you have the Feast of Tabernacles, which is what we're currently in. And then we have the eighth day. What do all these things represent? You got the coming of Jesus. You got the repenting of your sins. You got the great gathering of Jesus. And then you got Jesus delivering us to the Father. All in these four feast days. And you've read about these things, but we didn't know at some point that these feast days were pointing to all of these series of events. Let's go to the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2. The book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, verses 1 and 2. If you want to find out what God's holy days are, because man has holidays, but the Lord has holy days. It says that the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feast. Not the Jews' feast, not Moses' feast. But the Lord said, Even these are my feast. Let's go down to verse 4. It says, These are the feast of the Lord. Even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. But the one we want to deal with right now is 
the Feast of Tabernacles, which we're currently in, and the eighth day. So let's go down to verse 39. We're going to read verse 39 through 42. And it reads, also in the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And you shall take you on the first day the bowls of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and the bowls of thick trees, and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And you shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statue forever. It shall be a statue forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. This flesh and blood body, brothers and sisters, that God clothed us in, which he got from the dirt of the ground. He gave man seven days or 7,000 years to be in this flesh and blood body. And you remember when I said before that Jesus, when that last enemy called death is defeated? Well, death is defeated when there is no more flesh and blood. You can't die anymore because spirit can't die. And that's why the Bible says, I show you a mystery that we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Changed into what? From flesh and blood beings to spirit beings. And when we are spirit beings, death would no longer be a part of God's creation. So when it says that you shall dwell in booth for seven days, this flesh and blood body that we live in, we're going to be in it for 7,000 years. Until the what? Until the coming of the Father, which is on what day? If this flesh and blood body only lasts for seven days or 7,000 years, What's after the seventh day? It's the eighth day, brothers and sisters. But we want to talk about it. We're talking about the real Father's Day. The church got it wrong. We're not going up there to be with the Father. The Father's coming down here to be with us. That is tonight's lesson. Turn your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. Now, in captivity, it's difficult to keep the Lord's feast days to the letter, right? However, the spiritual aspect of the feast days and the true meaning of them should be taught. And the commandments of the day should be kept to the best of our ability, brothers and sisters. And when I say that it's hard to keep them in captivity, which we are in captivity, because some of you all have jobs. And just like I have a job in the healthcare industry. And it took me once i became knowledgeable about seven to eight years just to get saturday off and so brothers and sisters it's difficult in captivity to keep a lot of these things to the left right let's go to nehemiah the eighth chapter 11 through 18. nehemiah 
the eighth chapter. Eleven through eighteen. And that's why some of our uh, Hebrew brothers and sisters are some of the brokest people, financial-wise, because some of them choose uh, the commandments over some of the jobs and the positions that may be offered to them. And I can't get mad at them for that. Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, 11 through 18, and it reads, so the Levites stealed all the people saying, hold your peace for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. And on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priests and the Levites unto Ezra the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. So here it is. They had the words of the law. Way before we got exposed to it. They still didn't understand it. It says, and they found, as if it wasn't already there, and they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booth and the feast of the seventh month, and that they should publish and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, go forth unto the mount and fetch olive branches and pine branches and myrtle branches and palm branches and branches of thick trees to make booths as it is written. Now, brothers and sisters, we don't do this ritual anymore. Like Brother Bowie said, we wouldn't even know what these, what a myrtle branch looks like or a palm branch look like to make booths. At verse 16, it says, so the people went forth and brought them and made themselves booths, everyone upon the roof of his house and in their courts and in the courts of the house of God and in the street of the water gate and in the street of the gate of Ephraim and all of the congregation of them that were come again out of captivity made booths. Again, they were not in captivity. They had come out of captivity and sat under the booths. And since the days of Jeshua, the son of Nun, unto that day had not the children of Israel done so. And there was a very great gladness. And, and also day by day, from the first day unto the last day, he read in the book of the law of God, and they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according unto the manner. So how can you get eight days out of seven? Why was the eighth day given a special mention here when it says you should keep the feast for seven days? And on the eighth day, surely God knows how to do math. He created it, brothers and sisters. Let's see what the eighth day represents as it relates to our lesson today, which is the church got it wrong. We don't go up there to be with the father. The father is coming down here to be with us. Let's go into the book of Exodus, the sixth chapter. When we look at Moses and we see that Moses dealt with a God, 
that God went by the name of Jehovah? The question is, is Jehovah the father or is he the son? Let's go to Exodus, the sixth chapter. We're going to read verses one through three. Exodus, the sixth chapter, verses one through three. And the reason why I want to read this is because sometimes people get it confused. They believe that the son is the father, and some people think that the father is the son. Some people got it confused, but let's figure this thing out. Exodus, the sixth chapter, one through three. Because if we talk about the father is coming, some people may think that when Jesus comes, that is the father coming. Jesus is a father, but he's not the father. Jesus is a Lord, but he's not the Lord. Jesus is a God, but he is not the God. Let's read Exodus, the sixth chapter, verses one through three. And it says, then the Lord said unto Moses, now shall thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with the strong hand shall, shall he let them go. And with the strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known unto them. So this Jehovah talked to Moses. Moses heard his voice. He was the one that was dealing with the children of Israel when they were in bondage under Egypt. But we got to identify who this Jehovah is. Because my mom is a Jehovah witness. And according to what I learned when I was attending the kingdom hall, Jehovah was the father and Jesus was the son. Now, this is important in our lesson today because we're talking about the coming of the Father to be down here with us on this earth. So let's go ahead and get deeper into this lesson. Let's go to the book of John, the first chapter and verse 18. Matter of fact, I'm going to go to John 1 and 1, and then I'm going to jump down to 10 and then to 18. So let's go to the book of John 1. And one, let's establish who this Jehovah is. Let's identify who he is. Now, it says right here in the book of John, the first chapter, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So we got two beings here that go by the title God. We got the word who goes by the title God, and the being that the word was with is also called God. I'm going to read it again. In the beginning was the word, that's one. And the word was with God, that's two. Only two beings in the beginning, the father and the word. And we know the word with one of his other names as called the son. And it says, and the word was God. So this word went by the title God, just like the one whom he was with. So we got two that go by the title God. Let's find out which one came down to this earth. Verse 10, it says, he was in the world. Now we know that the father never came in this world. He sent his son. So now we can identify that the one that was called the word is also the one that the father sent down to this earth and who went by the name Jesus when he was here in his flesh and blood body. 
but he was also called the word in the beginning. Verse 10 says he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. So we also got something here identifying the word or the son as being the creator. But let's go down to verse 18 and let's read what John said. He said, no man has seen God at any time. Wait a minute. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he had declared him. But let's stop at the no man has seen God at any time. Let's get some more attributes to the father. Because this is talking about the father. No man has seen the father at any time. Let's go and put Jesus on the witness stand. And let's go to the book of John, the fifth chapter. And we're going to go to verse 37. John 5 and 37. And uh, let's see what Jesus said. Because John said no man has seen God at any time. Let's see what Jesus says about his father. He says, and the father himself, which have sent me has borne witness of me. You have never heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Wait a minute. Didn't we just read in the book of Exodus, the sixth chapter, verses one through three, that the Lord spoke and communicated with Moses? What Jesus just said, that no man has ever seen the father's shape or heard his voice at any time. Wasn't Moses a man? Didn't he exist during time? Well, who was it that Moses was communicating with? Who was the God of Israel that Moses was speaking to and communicating with? Because Jesus said, no man has ever seen my father's shape or heard his voice at any time. But we know that there are two that go by the title God. So we are slowly eliminating the father from being the one that was called Jehovah that communicated with Moses and the children of Israel. But let's get a little bit deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper and let's get some more evidence. Let's go to the book of Exodus the 24th chapter, and we know that Jesus cannot lie. He said, no man has ever seen my father. Not even his shape, nor have they heard his voice. So if man has communicated with the God any time since time began, they have been communicating with the word who is also called the son, who is also called Jesus in the flesh. Let's find out if Moses and the children of Israel saw a God. And if they saw a God, it wasn't the father. Remember, they were communicating with the word or the one called Jehovah or the one called the son who in the flesh was known as Jesus. Let's find out if anybody saw a God. Exodus 24. Exodus, the 24th chapter. And we're going to read verse 1. 
it says, and he said unto Moses, who is the he? It's the Lord speaking to him. But Jesus said, no man has ever heard my father's voice at any time. So who was Moses talking to? He couldn't have been talking to God the Father. He had to be talking to the one that was called the Word. The one that came into the world. And it says that the world was made by him. And the only one among the two that came into the world was none other than the one whom we call Jesus today. I'll read it again. And he said unto Moses, come up to the Lord, you, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. Let's go down to verses 9 and nine through 11. It says, then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, that's four, and 70 of the elders of Israel, that's 74 people. And what does it say at the next verse? Exodus 24 and 10. And they saw the God of Israel. So this has just established for you and I who the God of Israel is. It is none other than the one who came in the world through Mary, whom today we know as Jesus. The rock. Can you smell what the rock is cooking here? It says, and they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were a paved work of sapphire stone, and as it were the body of heaven in its clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw God. That's the second time it says that here. And did eat and drink. So I am here to declare to each and every one of you, brothers and sisters, that man has never dealt with the father since he has been in existence. He's only dealt with the son who also goes by the word, who also goes by um, the rock who also goes by the tree of life, who also goes by the lamb, none other than Jesus, Jehovah, I am that I am, Lord God. Moses was dealing with Jesus all along the whole time. He just didn't go by that name. Oh, brothers and sisters, what does this have to do with our lesson for tonight? But we got some more evidence. Let's go to Psalms 83, 18. Now the father, there's nobody greater than him in heaven. But when it came to the earth, brothers and sisters, Jesus was given dominion, power, and authority over the earth. The father say, look, I'm a rule up here in heaven amongst the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirits or the angels, you go down there and you deal with man. Jesus, my son, the word, you go down there and deal with man. You're going to be the most high of the earth. Because you can't be the most high in heaven because that's my jurisdiction. My son, you go down there and go get your creation together. Let's read Psalms 83, 18. 
Psalms 83 and 18. And it reads that men may know that you alone, whose name is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth. This is what the Jehovah Witnesses use to prove their theory that Jehovah is the Father. But this is the exact thing that I use to prove our theory that Jehovah is not the father because the father is the most high in heaven if jehovah is only the most high over all the earth then he can't be the father he got to be the son because that's where the father sent the son to have jurisdiction over the earth so yes, Jehovah is the most high over all the earth because Jehovah or Jesus can't be the most high in heaven and heaven is where he sits on the right hand of the father. Surely if this was talking about the father, it would have said you are the most high in heaven and earth. Or just heaven alone. But we're not done, brothers and sisters. We are still giving you evidence how do we identify the father and how do we identify the son how do we identify the father and how do we identify the son now since we're dealing with moses sister key israel let's go ahead and take a quick detour since we dealing with moses and i want to take you to the new testament and read something to you real quick. This is a detour, briefly. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. And we're going to read 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And let's find out if the New Testament got any clues as to who this Jehovah God was that dealt with the children of Israel. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And we're going to read verses 1 through 4. And it says, moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Talking about the Red Sea. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the, in the sea. So we're clearly talking about Moses. And the only God that dealt with Moses was a God named Jehovah. We're going to find out who that was. It says, and all did eat the same spiritual meat. And did all drink of that same spiritual rock, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. Now remember, a pillar of a fire followed them during the night, and a cloud followed them during the day. It says, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Wait a minute, it was Christ? What Christ got to do with Moses? He was all the way back. Doing Moses, it's identifying for you, brothers and sisters, who it was that dealt with Moses and the children of Israel that whole time. But let's not stop there. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 22nd chapter, 41 through 46. Matthew, the 22nd chapter, 41 through 46. We just read the words of uh, 
David in the book of Psalms. Well, you know, we didn't read that yet. Let's go to the book of Psalms 110, 1 through 6. Book of Psalms 110, 1 through 6. Book of Psalms 110, 1 through 6. And it reads, the Lord said unto my Lord, oh, there's two. Sit down at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So the father was talking to the son and he said, son, but he called the son by the name Lord. So there are two beings that go by the title Lord. He said, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion, which is Jerusalem, Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That's another name for Christ, brothers and sisters, because if we, if you go back and listen to our lesson about Melchizedek, it says he had no beginning, no ending, no mother, no father. And he was there in the beginning. And he was called the king of Salem, which is the king of peace. Jesus is called the prince of peace. So brothers and sisters, there was only two in the beginning, as it mentioned in book of John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It mentions no one else. Just those two. The word was called God. Along with the father being called God also. Then we read the book of Psalms. The 110th chapter. The first verse. And it says the Lord said unto my Lord. So both share the same title. When they're in their strength. As Jesus was before he came in the flesh through Mary. But it gets better, brothers and sisters. Tonight's lesson is the church got it wrong. We don't go to be with the father. The father is coming down here to be with us. And I know what grandmama told us and I know what mama taught us and I know what we grew up learning. But I'm here to declare that according to the word of God, that what we were taught and what we learned was wrong. Heaven is not our final destination, brothers and sisters. But we're going to show it to you in the word of God. Let's go to the book of John, the first chapter. We're going to go read that again. And I'm going to read verses one through three. And I'm going to show you who among the two did the creating. Was it the father or was it the son who was called the word at the time? John one and verses one through three. And it reads. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now we here on the Bible class Truth Hour teach how to establish the subject matter when you're reading a chapter. So if, when you find the subject matter, if you get any personal pronoun like he or him, it's referring to the subject. So who is the subject of the book of John, the first chapter? You can read it in the first six words it says in the beginning was the word that's the subject the word is the subject now anybody else that it mentions in the book of john is only in reference to the subject matter 
And if there are any personal pronouns, it's referring to the subject matter. So let's read it again. In the beginning was the word subject. And the word was with God. It's telling you who the subject of this chapter was with. And the word was God. Now it gets this, gives the subject a title. Let's continue reading about the word. It says the same, talking about the word, was in the beginning with God, who was the father. It says all things were made by him. It's talking about the subject matter of this chapter, which is the word now. So we know that the father gave the son the permission to do all the creating. It says, and without him, talking about the subject matter, the word was not anything made that was made. So who made the world? It was the son or Jesus or the word who made the world, who made man. It was the son or word or Jesus who made man, who made the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea and every creeping thing that creep up upon the earth. It was Jesus creation that the father gave him to create. Now, let's go to verse 10 and verify this. I read it earlier, but let's read it again. It says he. That's the subject matter. Remember how we taught you to establish the subject matter. He refers to the word. So if you remove the word he and you put the word, you can put the word was in the world because we know of the two that the father never came down here. It says the word was in the world and the world was made by him. So how it is this man come down here, put a flesh and blood body on, but he was also the one that made the world. I didn't say it. I'm reading it, brothers and sisters. John 1 and 10. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. So we just get learned a few things. Jesus said, no one has ever heard my father's voice or seen his shape at any time. That's in the book of John, the fifth chapter, verse 37. John said in um, verse John, chapter one, verse 18, no man has ever um, seen the father at any time. And then you go to the book of Exodus, the 24th chapter, and you read where were Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 74 of the elders of Israel saw the God of Israel. And so now we know who Jehovah was and who the God of Israel was. It was none other than Jesus all the time, brothers and sisters. Why are we bringing this out? Why are we mentioning this? Why are we bringing it up? Because we got to show you that the church got it wrong. We don't go up there to be with the father. The father comes down here to be with us. You're talking about Father's Day. This is the real Father's Day and what the Lord calls the eighth day feast of the Lord, which takes place this Saturday, brothers and sisters. And that's why we go to show you that right now we're in the Feast of Tabernacles, the great gathering which is a seven-day feast. And after that seven-day feast, you go into the eighth day, which is a whole separate feast. And we were never taught these things in the church because the church didn't feel that these things were important. But I'm showing you how important they are because they teach you what's going to happen before it even happens. All of them are important or the Lord would not have had it for us. Now, the scripture in the book of Revelations Gives you another clue 
But before we read the book of Revelations, let's read Hebrews, the first chapter. And we're going to read verses 1 through 10. And the reason why we're establishing this, brothers and sisters, because we got to show you that man has never dealt with the father. Man has only dealt with the son. So from the book of Genesis to the book of Malachi, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Moses, they all were dealing with Jesus, brothers and sisters. He just didn't go by that name. He went by the name I am that I am. He went by the name Lord God. He went by the name Jehovah. Because again, if this God was a God whom you could hear the voice of, if this God was a God that you could see, then Jesus is not a liar when he said, no man has ever heard my father's voice or seen his shape at any time. You were dealing with the son and didn't even know it. So when a son came here to this earth, he had to get you acquainted with his father because you only had been acquainted with him and didn't even know it. Let's go to the book of Hebrews 1 through 11. It says, God, who at sundry times and diverse matters, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. So here it is again. God is speaking to somebody. Jesus said, you have never heard my father's voice or seen his shape at any time. So God is speaking to somebody. And it says, God spake in diverse matters and times past unto the fathers by the prophets. This is talking about the son. It says, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So again, brothers and sisters, prophets speaking to a God, God is speaking to the prophets. They were speaking with the son. He just didn't go by that title. He went by the title God. Now, when he came in the flesh through Mary, here it is again. Having these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So this lines up with the book of John. Hebrew, the first chapter, lets you know that Jesus was the one who made the worlds. John, the first chapter, verse 10, lets you know that Jesus was the one who made the worlds. Let's go ahead and continue reading. It says, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels. So Jehovah Witnesses and some other religious sects thinks that Jesus is an angel. Here it says, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, you are my son? This day have I begotten thee, and again I will be a father unto him, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth the first begotten into the world, he said, and let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits, and his angel and his and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the son, he saith, Thy throne, O God. Wait a minute. The father is calling the son a god. It says, But unto the son, he saith, 
Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness and a scepter of your kingdom. So this son has a scepter, he has a rulership, and he has a kingdom. And it, it is his kingdom that lasts for a thousand years until the father himself comes. But let's continue reading. He says, you have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even your God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And you, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They shall perish, but you remainest, and they all shall wax old as does a garment. A lot of learning here, brothers and sisters. A lot of learning, but what does this mean? And where do we go? We got to take this thing home, brothers and sisters. We got to begin to land this plane because our lesson tonight is the church got it wrong. We don't go to live with the father. The father comes down here to live with us. Let's go and show you, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and then we got three more places after this. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Man, I really, let me see what time it is. 8.04. Let's do this whole thing, Sister Key. I, I got to get this in. Let's go to John, the third chapter, verse 1 through 10. Let's go to when Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus. One of the church leaders during his day. And it just goes to show you that church leaders don't always understand. Because we got the title, because we went to seminary school, because we wear the collar, because it doesn't mean that you understand. So here's a man named Nicodemus. Let's read about him and the conversation that he had with Jesus. This is the book of John, the third chapter. And we're going to read verses 1 through 10, the book of John, the third chapter, verses 1 through 10. And it reads, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with you. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Let me stop right there. There are many people that profess right now to be born again. The Bible's definition of being born again is not the same as the church's definition of being born again. Many churches say that if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you are born again. But according to the Bible's definition, that's not what being born again is. What the Bible's definition of what you call being born again is actually called being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because you accepted Jesus' word. You have changed your ways and your walk. You have been transformed by the renewing of your mind, but you have not been born again according to the definition of the Bible's definition of being born again. Let's look at Jesus's definition of being born again. He said, 
except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the question is for all of our Christian brothers and sisters who are born again, you should be able to see the kingdom of God if you are born again. But if you cannot see the kingdom of God, then you have yet to be born again. And here's why. Nicodemus at verse four says unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water, first being baptized, and of the spirit, uh-oh, how can you be born again of the spirit? You have to die first or be changed from a flesh and blood human being to a spirit being. So now you have been resurrected or reborn of spirit. I'll read it again. It said, except the man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So the question is for our Christian brothers and sisters who say that they are born again, you should be able right now to enter into the kingdom of God. But you know better because you know that the word of God says flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So if you cannot enter into the kingdom of God right now, then you are not born again, according to what Jesus is saying. Now, Jesus is going to go on and explain it to you a little bit better. And I know some of us, because we've been taught this our whole life, we got our guards up right now. You got to be wrong, Brother Black Eyes. Because that's not what my mama told me. That's not what my grandmama told me. They told me if I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and walked a different walk and changed my ways, I was born again. I'm here to tell you that grandma and ma, unfortunately, didn't have a correct. We got to go with what Jesus says. Now, he's about to give you an example of what being born again is at verse 6. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. We were born of the flesh, right? So we flesh. And then he said, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. How can you be born of the spirit? You got to be resurrected. When Jesus came out of that tomb, brothers and sisters, he was no more a flesh and blood human being. He was a spirit being at that time. But you'll be able to recognize your loved ones even when they're in the spirit. In the resurrection, you will be able to recognize them, although they would be in their spirit bodies. He said in verse 7, marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Now he's about to give you another example of how it would be for us when we are born again. He said, the wind bloweth where it listeneth, and you heard the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So is everyone that is born in the spirit. So you go outside. Can you see the wind? Why can't you see the wind? Because it is spirit. Spirit is something that you cannot see, but you can see the evidence of its existence. You can't see God, but you see the evidence of his existence because of the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, everything that creepeth upon the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, the grass, and everything that we see with our natural eyes, brothers and sisters. 
Jesus is explaining to you, when you're a spirit, you're going to be just like the wind. You're going to be invisible. But you will still be able to have effect, at least in the first resurrection on this flesh and blood world. Because when he comes to rule and reign, and we're going to read that in a minute, it's going to be spirit beings ruling over flesh and blood beings. But I know, I know, I know. Just hold on tight. Because I can't say anything unless I prove it with the word. So Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, aren't you a master of Israel and you don't know these things? And we see the same things to the pastors and the preachers and the ministers who teach the gospel and teach the word of God. These are things that we're supposed to know because it's written right here, brothers and sisters. And so let's go to the next chapter and we're going to verify what we just read in this particular chapter. Because all of these things point to something. Let's go to Revelations, the, I'm sorry, let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. 47 through 50, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Forty-seven through fifty. And we're going to double down on this. And it reads, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, 47 through 50. It says, the first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. And that's when we will be born again. When we bear the image of the heavenly. That means either you must die, be buried or burned, and then resurrected. Once you're resurrected, you come back in your spiritual body, then you will be born again. Up until that time, the only thing that you can be is transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says here, it says at verse 50, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Remember, Jesus said, when you are born again, you'll be able to enter into the kingdom of God. As long as you're flesh and blood, you can't be connected to born again because you can't enter into the kingdom of God in a flesh and blood body. It says, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed and when we're changed we become born again it says at verse 52 in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall all be changed brothers and sisters Why is there reason for us to be changed? Why is there reason for us to be born again? Why is there reason for us to come up out of these flesh and blood bodies and into a spirit body? Because the topic of this lesson today, the church got it wrong. 
We don't go up there to be with God. God is coming down here to be with us. And that's why in the Lord's prayer, Jesus said, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. So when that kingdom comes down to this earth and we are in our new spirit bodies, we can enter into the kingdom of God. When we are born again, but as long as you're in a flesh and blood body, you cannot be born again because when you are born again, you can enter into the kingdom of God. And uh, let's go to the book of Revelations, the 20th chapter, and let's find out where the father is going to be. We already know that the son comes down here to reign and rule for a thousand years. But what about the father? We getting there, brothers and sisters. We getting there. Let's go to Revelation at the 20th chapter. Now, again, when Jesus comes back, it's going to be flesh and blood human beings here, along with spirit beings who will be in the first resurrection. Let's read it. Revelations 20 and 4. And I saw thrones. Uh-oh, that's more than one. That means that if you have more than one throne, you're going to have more than one ruler. And I saw thrones, Revelations 20 and 4, and they, which is more than one, sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them. Who are these people or beings that were sitting on this, these thrones and judgment was given to? Let's read about them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. So these are beings that were already killed for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God whom were resurrected in the first resurrection okay but again we think today and we've been taught today that our loved ones are already resurrected and woke and up in heaven looking down on us smiling the church got it wrong because if what I'm reading here is taking place, let's read about what resurrection this is defined as. It says, and I saw the soul of them that would be headed for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. People are already dead. Here's another group that's alive. It says, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their forehead and in their hands. This is yet to happen. So obviously this group is still alive because we got to be able to exist in a time when we're being made to take the mark of the beast in our foreheads and in our hands. So that's one group that's alive. Another group have already been beheaded and killed. Both groups come up together. One is resurrected and one is changed. It says of these both groups, it says, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So that's only a small group of people. But what about our mother and our fathers who loved the Lord so much, but they didn't know that they were supposed to keep the Sabbath day. They didn't know that they were supposed to keep the dietary law. They didn't know that they were supposed to keep some of these statutes and laws and the commandments of God. As a matter of fact, they told them we are no longer under the law, we under grace. So we ain't got to worry about keeping the Lord's feast days and all these things. What about 
our grandmothers and our loved ones who were good people. What happened with them? Let's read it. At verse five, it says, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. Why? Because this is the first resurrection. It says in verse six, blessed and holy is he that have part in the first resurrection, showing you that everyone ain't got part in the first resurrection. It says on such the second death have no power. The second death is called the lake of fire, brothers and sisters. The lake of fire has no power over those that came up in the first resurrection because the first resurrection is a resurrection of no judgment. It says, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. These are people that knew the word of God, knew the statutes, the laws and the commandments and kept them. But many of our parents and grandparents didn't know the laws to even keep them. They put Christmas trees in their home and decorated them. Although the book of Jeremiah, the 10th chapter said, don't do this. This is idol and pagan worship. They didn't know any better. So what must they do? Let's go down to the book, I mean, to the 11th chapter. To the 15th chapter and show you what must be done with good people who knew the law, who didn't know the law or to keep the law, but they were good people. Got to go through judgment. It says right here, it says, and I saw the dead small and great. In verse 12, stand before God and the books were open. That's these 66 books right here of the Bible, brothers and sisters. It says, and another book was open, which is the book of life. This is the book that the angels are recording our everyday activity in. It says, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So not according to how you feel, God show knows my heart. He knows how I feel. You ain't gonna be judged by your heart and how you feel. You're gonna be judged by this book according to your works, your actions. Verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. So you used to hear people say, oh, you going to hell. Well, it looks like here that hell is going somewhere too. It says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. Now, let's look at it. In the first resurrection, when Jesus comes back, to rule and no man is raised from the dead until Jesus begins his descend back down to this earth because the Bible calls that the first resurrection. So ain't nobody up in heaven looking down on you smiling. Nobody is aware who has already passed away of what's going on in this flesh and blood world. Because if they were able to be aware of what was going in this flesh and blood world, then how could they rest in peace? You think that something good would be the only thing that they would be knowledgeable of seeing to look at you and smile? What about the grandbaby being shot in the head? 
somebody being raped, somebody being robbed, house catching on fire. How could they look and smile at something like that if they were knowledgeable of that? No, God is not a God that would do his people like that. He, they're resting in peace with no perception of anything, not even time. That's the beautiful thing. So when they are awakened, whether in the first resurrection or the second resurrection, it's going to seem like, man, I just went to sleep. You ever woke up and felt like I just went to sleep and had to look at a clock to find out how long you've been asleep? Well, such is the dead. They don't know how long they've been asleep. So when they are awakened, it's going to be just like a moment, brothers and sisters. But let's keep this thing going. Let's go over to the book of Revelations, the 21st chapter, because now we got Jesus coming. The first group of people being resurrected, ruling and reigning with him over the flesh and blood beings that would be on this earth for a thousand years. After the thousand years, Satan being loosed from his prison for a little season to go and to deceive the world that never knew him. And God has to be a fair God, because if we're being deceived by Satan, then the ones who never knew him during that thousand year period have to also be tested and tempted and deceived by Satan. They have to be proved just like we have to be proved. And then after Satan is thrown into the lake of fire and removed forever off of this earth, now we got the second resurrection, which is the great white throne judgment. Now, everybody in God's creation is a spirit being. Because you have to be given a body that you can't die from anymore. So either you live in the lake of fire forever with Satan, the beast and the false prophet, or you live in the kingdom of God forever. Either way to go, you're going to be a spirit being by this time, brothers and sisters. Right. But let's look at the father, because we this whole lesson was predicated on the father coming down to this earth. We're not going up there to be with him. He's coming down here to be with us. Let's go ahead and read. Let's go to the book of Revelations, the 21st chapter. And we're going to read at verse one. It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there were no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Then Jesus say, I go to prepare a place for you where I go. You cannot come, but where I am there shall you also be. So just because the kingdom was in heaven and Jesus was sitting on the right hand of, of, of the father, we automatically figured that we had to go up there in order to be with him because he said, where I am, you shall also be. But they didn't read that where he is currently is going to be coming down here where men are. And I'm going to read it again. It says, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. What's under heaven? Earth. So it's if something is coming down from God out of heaven, then it's coming to this earth. Well, we okay, we got the kingdom coming down to this earth. But what about the one who resides in the kingdom, the father? Because remember, Jesus is already here by this time. 
ruling and reigning on the throne of David for a thousand years. Let's go to verse four. I mean, three, it says, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. The house of God is with men. Where do men live? On this earth. So if the house of God is on this earth at this time, let's look at what God himself is going to be. It says, and he, talking about God, will live with them. Well, wait a minute. Why don't it say that we are going to go live with God? It says, and he will live with them, talking about us, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. So let's look at it. If you live over there and I live over here, and I say, hey, I'm coming over there to be with you. You ain't going nowhere. I'm the one that's leaving where I am to come to be with you. So if this says that God himself is going to be with them, talking about us, then we are, we are, we are the ones that are not going anywhere. It is God who is coming down here to be with us. So the church got it wrong. We're not going up there to be with God. God himself is coming down here to be with us. Last place, Revelations 22, 1 through 5. Revelations 22, 1 through 5. And I got an announcement after this. Revelations 22. One through five, I know that some of you all have never heard this before. All I'm doing is reading from the book, brothers and sisters. Revelations 22. And we're going to read verses one through five. Revelations 22. One through five, and it reads. And he showed me a pure river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb. There's two. Where's the Holy Ghost at? Now, we know the Holy Ghost bears record with the Father and the Son. But he is not a part of the Godhead. The Godhead exists of two. The Father and the son. I'll read it again. And he showed me a pure river of water, of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. That's two. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, and bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb. There's two again shall be in it and his servants shall serve him and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads and there shall be no night there and they need no candle neither light of the sun for the lord god giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever brothers and sisters this feast day that's coming up it's called the eighth day. We're currently in the seven day feast of the Lord called the Feast of Tabernacles, which is that great gathering. Jesus has to gather us from the four corners of the world. 
The eighth day, brothers and sisters, is the real Father's Day. When Jesus falls into subjection, when that last enemy called death is defeated and his job is done, he turns over everything to the Father. Then the Father comes down to this earth and he becomes all in all. Brothers and sisters, the church got it wrong. We're not going up there to be with God. God is coming down here to be with us. Thank you so much for your time, brothers and sisters. If you liked what you learned tonight on the Bible Class Truth Hour from what was read out of the Word of God, then we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV. And those who are on YouTube, we want you to like our Facebook page, The Bible Class Truth Hour. The Bible Class Truth Hour. Now, if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, <clears throat> excuse me, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312 719 7310. 312 it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.